thank you for being glorious. We thank you for being God. We thank you that 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 you are almighty, ever present help. We thank you that in your kingdom that you have taken care of us and that there's no need that has gone unmet, Father. God, we praise you tonight. We worship you. We thank you for being Jehovah Gamola, for being Jehovah Rapha, for being the Lord is ever present. We thank you for that, God. And Father, as we dive into your word, God, we pray that our hearts and our minds will be open to receive everything that you have for us to uh, receive. We pray for revelation and we pray for wisdom so that we may appropriately apply your word in our lives. We thank you for that now in the name of Jesus. And we declare that we'll be better after having heard the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Courtney tagged, <laughs> right, Clarissa, she tagged everybody. That's all right, though. So, like I said, welcome to Refresh Bible Study. I am Pastor Ralph, and tonight we're going to have the opportunity to talk about the mouth-heart connection uh, is what we're going to be talking about probably the next couple of weeks. Uh, and I, I couldn't just decide on a title. The other way that you can word this is that my word, the words that mirror, mirror of your heart, words, the mirror of your heart or the reflection of your heart. And so uh, on Sunday, and it was funny because on Sunday, Pastor Evelyn and Pastor Sean, they started teaching the seven uh, practical ways to experience breakthrough. And they gave us uh, part of it. And if you haven't had opportunity to go listen to Sunday's message, go visit our website, www.focchurch.com, or subscribe to one of our uh, podcasts and make sure that you tune into the word. All right. Because even as a partner, if I miss a Sunday or if I miss a Wednesday or if I miss prayer or anything like that, as a partner, I am still committed to hearing the word that comes across, right? So make sure that you uh, avail yourself to do that. Uh, but on Sunday, they gave us the uh, four of the seven ways, practical ways to experience breakthrough. Number one uh, was a plan of action. Uh, number two was that we need to stand on the word or have a righteous resolve. We need to be resilient. We need to be steadfast, unmovable. Number three, we had to obey the word. I mean, everybody in the word, everybody in the Bible that accomplished whatever they 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 accomplished, they had to obey the word. Noah obeyed the word. You know, Moses obeyed the word. Jesus obeyed the word. And one of my favorite scriptures about Jesus is that when it says that when he became flesh, he remained uh, in the flesh. Because you know Jesus had the ability to just say, forget all this, I'm going back to heaven, right? But he kept, became flesh and he stayed flesh. He obeyed the father's commandment even when it was uncomfortable to him even when it caused him the bible says that he gave up his riches and he became poor right why so that we could have access to those riches right so he obeyed the word and then the fourth thing that they said that we had to do was speak faith out of our mouths right we had to speak faith out of our mouth and so the fourth one is what i really want to talk about tonight and is that the promises of god do not magically come to pass go ahead and type it the promises of god do not magically come to pass there's a part i have to play 
And part of the thing that I have to do is open my mouth up and say what God has already said about the word of God. And I know it became very popular and then unpopular, the whole name it and claim it movement. But honestly, that is what God has set up for us to do. But it's not just naming something and claiming it, right? I can't name that uh, somebody, if a woman is married and I'm single and I want her to be my wife, I just can't name her to be my wife and claim that. Whatever I'm doing, it has to be done by faith and faith starts where the will of God is known. So I can't claim another person's wife as, as my wife because there's no word on that. There's no word from God. There's no word. There's no rhema. There's no logos word that says that I could do that. So a lot of people are uncomfortable with that. But honestly, the Bible says that if I speak to the mountain and I do not doubt and I believe and I receive, I have it. And that is what I want to talk about tonight, because the essence of your heart is an indication of what your words are. So as I begin to talk, as I talk throughout my day, I have to monitor what I'm saying because what I am saying is a reflection of what I truly believe. It is a reflection of my heart. And if I take the time to just identify my words and be uh, metacognitive and be conscious of what I'm saying, I can find out the things that I truly believe about God. And I can find out the things that I'm truly just mentally assenting and trying to just say the right thing when I really don't believe it. So monitor words throughout the day. So say faith, faith requires my participation. Faith requires me believing God. And let's start out in Romans 4 verses 13 tonight. Um, it says, Abraham and his descendants received the promise that they would get the whole world. All right. They would get the whole world. But Abraham did not receive that promise because he followed the law. He received that promise because he was right with God through faith. And so the thing that we got to establish tonight is that the promises of God are available to everybody. There's nobody excluded from receiving anything from God. But the way that we receive those promises from God is that we have to exercise our faith. Abraham received those promises through faith. I also love faith. I like what it says in Romans 4 and 16 because it says it this way in the very first part. It says, so people get what God promised by having faith. People get what God has promised by having faith. This happens so that the promise can be a free gift. The promise is a gift given to you by God. It isn't something you work for. It isn't something that you deserve. It isn't something that you can act right and get. The promise is a free gift given to you by God received through faith. It says, and if the promise is a free gift, then all of Abraham's people. So that's me will get the promise. You got the promise. Now, whether you see it manifested in your life will depend on your ability to exercise the faith that you have been given. It says the promise is not just for those who live under the law of Moses. It is for all of who live with faith as Abraham did. He is the father of us all. So having faith is what allows us to lay hold of God's promises. It is the thing that transports his finished works uh, from the heavenly spiritual realm and to the physical realm. So if I want to see what God has said, then I got to have faith. And I, tonight's not a faith lesson, but I'm going to talk about how your words are connected to your faith. But we know that faith comes out. Faith comes by hearing uh, and hearing by the word of God. 
and so uh, in order for me to establish faith, I got to hear the word. And, and, and with that word being heard, it's not just sitting down and reading your Bible. It is the Holy Spirit bringing revelation to your life about what the word has said. I don't, I don't have my notes up, but I love uh, the uh, questions that Pastor Edwin M. asked on Sunday. It said, I mean, when you're just talking about reading the word, you just don't read the word. You got to ask yourself some questions. Let me see if I can find those questions real quick. It was. I don't see it. But not, but he talked about, they talked about, oh, here are the four questions to ask yourself as you obey the word. What does the verse say? See, so many times we think that reading the Bible is our exit ticket, right? I'm a teacher. And, and as a teacher, I would teach a lesson in class and we had this thing called an exit ticket. The exit ticket was your indication of learning. It was the thing that I was able to, as a teacher, gauge on what my students had taken away. And so many times as believers, we think our exit ticket is being able to comprehend the word or to regurgitate what we read, but that's really not the exit ticket because believing and having faith goes far beyond our ability to replicate or to say back to God what he has said to us. Because I can quote scripture is not an indication that I am believing what I am saying. So he says, here are the four questions to ask yourself as you obey the word. What does the verse say? What does this verse mean? What does this verse have to do with me? And how can I apply this new understanding in my life? And they gave a very good example of how, uh, Pastor Evan gave an example of the wine skin and they gave an example of the camel going through the eye of the needle. And if you're not careful, you'll just read scripture and take it for face value and don't understand the context behind that scripture. And so many times what we do as believers, we'll check a box. Oh God, I prayed this morning. Oh God, I read my Bible this morning. Oh God, this is a scripture I did, but we don't take the time to be intimate with it. it I, I started dating Ave, April in eighth grade. And the thing that I did when I started dating April is I became intimate with April. Not in the sense of sexually intimate, but intimate in the sense of beginning to know the ins and outs of how she thought, the ins and outs of what she liked, began to know her character, began to know her desires. It was more than a surface level knowledge type thing. Why? Because I wanted to spend time with her and I wanted to be able to know her inside and out and able to, to be able to cater to the things that she desired. And when we're reading our Bible, we can't just read for for the sake of checking a box. We got to have intimacy with the word of God. We have to have intimacy with the father. We have to spend enough time with him to understand the thing that he desires from our life. See, when you're in, when, when you're, when we're looking at intimacy, intimacy isn't about comparison with what Pastor Edwin is doing. Intimacy is not about comparison with Pastor, with, with, uh, Pastor Chris or, or, or Shakira or Sheila's doing, right? When I am trying to please my wife, I am not concerned necessarily about what's going on in other people's marriages. I am not concerned about what other wives are doing. I am concerned about the expectations my wife has for me. 
And so when you begin to get intimate with the word of God, it's no longer about comparison to see if I'm living better than my neighbor, but it's about, am I living as good as a God father wants me to live? Am I doing the things that the father wants me to do? Because it, it is in that intimacy that faith is birthed so that we may experience the life that God desires for us to have. And so with that, having faith is what allows us to lay hold of those premises, right? So a group of us, uh, here's an example, because you talk about what you believe in. Uh, a group of us, uh, my, uh, who was Valley, I think Valley may be the first one. Valley got American Ex uh, Express Platinum card, right? Uh, Valley, if I, you didn't want me to say that, I'm sorry, I'll say it now. But uh, anyway, man, Valley started talking about this card, man. He started talking about the customer service and how all these points and all these things were impacting him and how he was getting uh, blessed by it and he'll buy this and this was happening and how they warranty this. And if he went on a flight, they protected this and all this stuff. And man, it sounded so good. It moved us us being the group of guys that we hang out with to all get an American Express Platinum cards. Why? Because what happens is when something's so good to you, when something is something you believe in, it moves you to talk about it. And for a lot of us, the indication that we truly don't believe the word of God is the fact that we silent. It's the fact that you don't say anything. It's the fact that you don't praise until Pastor Chris tell you to praise at nine o'clock on Sunday mornings. It's the fact that you don't worship God throughout the day. It's the fact that you, you don't talk to God at any point outside of a service. Your words are indication, right? So the question is, have you spent enough time with the word of God that it moves you to want to say something? that it moves you to want to do something. Hey, you spend, because here's the thing, right? Like, like my wife is about to go to uh, uh, Valley, so silly. Valley said he got referral links if y'all want to, I'm on a platinum card. Uh, but my wife is about to go on a uh, retreat, right? Uh, she's going to be gone the next couple of days. I'm going to miss her. So you know what I want to do? I, I desire to spend time with her and see when, when, whenever it's something is good to you, you want to spend as much time with it as possible. Whenever something benefits you, you want to spend as much time with it as possible. That's why a lot of times, and y'all know I'm silly uh, sometimes, that's why you spend so much time with food, because food's good to you. You feel like food's good to you. You feel like them cinnamon rolls, that ice cream, them Cokes and that coffee. It makes you feel a certain way that you desire brings you pleasure. So that's why you run to it all the time. When you're depressed, you eat. When you're anxious, you eat. When you're happy, you eat. When you're sad, you eat. Everything's about eating, right? Because that's what you feel like brings you joy, right? It moves you. So if the word of God doesn't move you that way, then that's a lot of Santrisa's cookies. Y'all bring me some cookies back. Some of y'all ladies, when y'all come back, I ain't had Santrisa's cookies, but y'all bring me some cookies back. I'm going to try them. But anyway, the word of God moves you. And when something's so good to you, you don't got, nobody got to convince you about it. You don't need Pastor Edwin, Pastor Chris, Pastor Ralph, Pastor Sean, or anybody to remind you to read your Bible. Because when you begin to get intimate with God and you see his goodness, then you want to spend time with him. You have facts. Food can be a comfort until 
Food can be a comfort until it becomes uncomfortable when them jeans don't fit and that doctor telling you you got to do something, right? But let's get back. Let's get back. Why? Because when we're talking about the platinum card, we're talking about Valley had experienced something that was so good to him, he had to say something. And so how many times is the word so good to you, you have to say something, right? So in other words, when you believe in something, you talk about it. You don't stay quiet about it. Uh, April tells me all the time, if I buy something that I really like, she said, do you work for them? You should go work for them because I'm going to talk about it. And that's why it's really easy for me to talk about the word of God, because the word of God has changed my life. The word of God has changed my marriage. It has made me a better parent. It has given me the ability to experience some things that I've never experienced. Why? Because when something's good to you, you talk about it. Yeah. If I said right now, what's your favorite restaurant and why? Man, y'all could tell me. I mean, I could fill up the comments. What's your favorite food? You know, hungry crab, crab lemon pepper wings move me. <laughs> I hear you, Pastor Chris. But that's the thing. It moves you. All right. And so when the word gets down into your heart, when you believe something to be good, then from the abundance of the outflow of that goodness, your mouth responds. In Jeremiah 20, 19, it says it like this. But if I say I never mention the Lord or speak in his name, his word burns in my heart like a fire. It's like a fire in my bones. I'm worn out trying to hold it in. I can't do it. Now, for some of y'all, it ain't the word that's burning. It's gossip. Because you like talking about other people's business. It ain't the word that's burning. Lord, I know they told me not to tell nobody. I know they said that I'm telling you this in confidence. But you know what? It won't hurt if I just tell one more person. I just tell them, you know, they won't ever say nothing to nobody. And then before you know it, you're talking about it. Why? Because gossip to you is something you believe in. And because you believe in it, it causes you to move and it causes you to say something. But, oh, God, like Jeremiah said, but when the word gets real to you and when you understand the goodness in which we have in God, the grace and the mercy he's provided, Jeremiah was like, it's like fire shoving my bones. I'm worn out. That brother said he was worn out trying to hold it in. He couldn't do it. And when the word of God gets so big on the inside of you, you have to talk about it. You have to talk about it. Why? Because whatever is in your heart in abundance must come out. Whatever is in your heart in abundance and must come out. And let's 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 sail out there for a moment. Um, that's why a lot of times in adverse situations, we find ourselves saying things contrary to the word of God. It is because it is possible, we'll get to it in a minute, it is possible to have multiple things going on in your heart. And the problem is being a tripartite being, God in the word is not the majority in your heart. And that's why sometimes you get results and sometimes you don't, because you can't even track what you're doing from time to time to receive the promises of God, because you're hoping and wishing about some things instead of just following the process in which was provided to you, which is Spend time in the word, fill your heart with the word, your tongue will talk about what your heart is in abundance. Why? Because your words are a reflection of your heart. Luke 6 and 45 says it this way. The intrinsically good man produces what is good and honorable and moral out of the good treasure stored in his heart. And the intrinsically evil man produces what is wicked and depraved out of the evil in his heart. 
for his mouth speaks from the overflow of his heart. Where does the mouth speak from? It speaks from what? The overflow. So this is what we got to understand. The words you are saying are products of your most dominant beliefs. The words you are saying are the products of your most dominant, dominant beliefs. I, I'm, I'm an educator, right? And as an educator, and I, uh, I, I've noticed this, somebody, and, and this is human nature, if, 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 you, uh, if you pay attention to it, somebody can tell you you're beautiful a hundred times, but somebody could tell you you ugly once. And it is the word that you place the most value on that is going to be the thing that is in abundance in your heart. And for a lot of us, we've read the word a lot about prosperity, right? But you've experienced poverty so much that even though you're reading that word, you're not allowing that word to renew your mind because you're just focused on the reality that you've already experienced. You like, yeah, God, I hear that you're prosperous, but you may not be prosperous for me. Why? Because you're not letting that word anchor into your heart. You're allowing that word to be dug up by the experiences of your past time. You're giving your past life by recalling it. And so what we got to do is give God the opportunity with, through the word to dig up those old things in our hearts so that we may replace those things. And so I, I talk to kids all the time. They're just like, and even as an adult, uh, I, I talk to adults that I, I got this one friend, uh, something happened uh, in, in, in her past. And so even though she's beautiful, even though she's an awesome person, even though she could make a great uh, uh, spouse one day, she discredits herself because of the past. So even though everybody says, you're great, this, 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 and this, the value she digs in, the thing that she believes the most is that she's unworthy. And so what, what we got to understand is that there could be word coming in, but if you're not willing to let go of the past, if you're not willing to be open, the word of God cannot change a person who will not let go of the words that they've heard that have harmed them. You're, you're not smart. You won't ever be a boss. You're, you're ugly. You're, you're dumb. You're not intelligent. All of those words are things that are implanted within our hearts. And if we're not careful, then those are the things that we begin to say about ourselves. And because our words have power, those are the things that are showing up in our life. It's not truly that you're not intelligent. It's not true that you're not worthy of a, a, a better job. But the truth is, because somebody told you that, you now still believe it. And because you believe it, it is what you say out your mouth and it's the thing that you experience. Why? Because everything that you say is coming from abundance of overflow in your heart. And so that's why it's important. The Bible talks about guarding your heart. The Bible talks about monitoring those things and protecting that. Why? Because it is important for us to do that. That's why as parents, it's so important for us to uh uh, to, to speak well of our kids. I made a post today. It's important for us to sow those good words of encouragement and confirmation about things that are positive. Why? Because that's what we want to see in their life. That's good, Pastor Edward. Right. You can believe a lie, then make it a truth for you. Yeah. I mean, so many of us have done it. 
We'll believe lies and made the truth for ourselves. Why? Because the heart has the ability to believe what it wants. That's why Luke 6.45 is so good. It says, good man produces what is good and honorable, right? Out of the good treasure stored in his heart. But an evil man produces what is wicked and depraved out of the evil that's stored in his heart. For his mouth speaks from the overflow. So it's not that you are evil or wicked intentionally. The words that you allow to anchor inside of your heart are evil and wicked. Therefore, you now speak of things that are evil and wicked. Therefore, you experience things that are evil and wicked. And so it's not that I need to try to tame my tongue because the Bible tells me that's something that I cannot do because the tongue cannot be tamed is what the word says. What I got to spend my time doing is taming my heart and we'll get to that it says uh your words truly indicate what you believe because it is possible to say with your mouth one thing and believe in your heart something else your soul has the ability to filter information and present it even when it's not what you truly believe or even what you truly want to believe it's like pastor evan said it was perfect what pastor evan said somebody could tell you a lie and then you can make it a truth for yourself why because you have the ability to do that your soul man would grab hold to and identify the thing that it feels to be truth and you hold on to that that's why it's important to be who god called you to be and i'll be honest i'll just use myself for an example uh uh with with uh let me see which one I'm a man, and so as men, we don't like talking about stuff, but I had an issue with people's opinions a whole lot, uh, far much less than I used to, but there were times I would just disobey God because in my mind, the lie I had told myself that if I do this, then it will cause people not to like me. I'm just going to tell you, some of y'all don't even got that issue. You like, you, you like get if somebody ever talk to me, but some of y'all do have that issue, and so the lie I told myself right the truth the truth is doing what god wants me to do will cause the right people to come into my life to produce the life that god wants me to have but what i took to be the lie was that hey no if i do this then it will cause this to happen right and because that was the truth though it was a lie and i believed it then out of my mouth i said oh i can't do that oh i'm not a, the other thing i couldn't do i felt like i couldn't teach the word of god I didn't know as much as the next person knew. I didn't speak as eloquently as the next person spoke. I, I didn't, I wasn't able to connect things the way that other people connected. But at the end of the day, you are always have opportunities to, to, to encounter a lie when the truth is that God has called you to do X and that you have everything that you need to do X. But if you take that lie and you embrace that lie and you allow that lie to be anchored in your heart, then your mouth is going to overflow with that lie and your life is going to produce what that lie is going to have for you. So I would still be not doing refreshed Bible study. I would still be not sharing my opinion. I would still be holding my tongue when God told me to speak if I had not understood that the truth is what God wants me to do. And that's what matters most. So you can you can be reading the scripture and still be living a lie. That's just facts. You could be reading the scripture and still be living a lie. 
And here's an example. Imagine this. Imagine your heart being a jar filled with mixed candies. Let's say skid, I put 90 Skittles in that jar. I put seven M&Ms in that jar. I put three peppermints in that jar, right? And we just shook that jar up as, as vigorously as we can. And then I said, somebody randomly put your hand in that jar and pull out a piece of candy. We all know if you pay any attention, uh, attention in math class, there's a hundred pieces of candy in that jar. 90 of those are Skittles, seven are Jolly Ranchers, and three are Peppermints. There is a 90% chance, or what we will call a high likelihood of pulling a Skittle, right? There is a likelihood that I could get a Jolly Rancher and even less likelihood that I may pull a Peppermint. Obedience is always going to be better than disobedience, no matter what excuse or lie we tell ourselves. Amen. And you need some friends in your life that's going to tell you that. So, so in my heart, right? I got a mixture of Skittles and Jolly Ranchers and peppermints in this example. And, and what happens is, uh, if, if I'm not careful, when somebody randomly selects something, most likely they'll get a Skittle. And that would be good if the Skittle represented the Word of God, right? Because no matter how much time you spend in the Word of God, you live in a body. You have a soul and you live in a world where there will always be physical things that you see that oppose the word of God. So there's always something you're looking at that's in opposition to what God is telling you to do. But instead, you got to do what God says to do. And so what we got to do is switch that up and say, you know what? I need to spend more time in the word. Why? Because I need to fill, fill my heart up with those Skittles. I need to fill my heart up with the word of God so that in the adverse situation, when I am pressed, in the spare of the moment situation, when somebody cusses me out, in the spare of the moment situation, when the doctor gives me a diagnosis I don't want, I, I, I don't, uh, that doesn't line up with the word of God, I say what the word has said. But for many of us, our jar isn't filled with the word, with the Skittles. Our jar is filled with our own intuition. Our jar is filled with our own experiences. Our jar is filled with our own intellect. Therefore, that's why when somebody cusses us out, we don't hold our tongue. That's why when uh, unexpected bills come, we say, how in the world I'm going to pay that? That's why when there, we, we when something happens, we like, I don't have enough money. I'm sick. I'm diabetic. I am this. You aren't that. The word doesn't say you're that. The word says that you're the healed of the Lord. That's what the word says. But if you're not careful, your intellect will grab hold of things and make it your own. Sickness doesn't belong to you. Don't stop claiming it. I, I was diagnosed diabetic. I've never said I am a diabetic. I was diagnosed diabetic. I do the things that doctors tell me to do. I exercise the way the doctors tell me to exercise, but I declare that I'm the healed of the Lord. This is just yet a temporary thing, but it would be crazy of me, right? And those are small ways we use our words. We, we like, I have cancer. I, I have a high blood pressure. It's mine. I mean, people begin to own, I mean, we own illnesses better than we do the word of God. If you think about it, think about what people say. Yeah, girl, my arthritis. Who told you it was yours? Like, like who told you that? The, the Bible says that, that, that by his stripes you're healed. The Bible says that he sent the word and healed them all. The Bible says, I wish above all things you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. 
The Bible says all types of things about healing. You don't say my healing, but you're saying my arthritis. Why? Because you have heard what grandma and big mama said. You've heard what the world said. You've heard that, man, you know, uh, you, I mean, you're going to, you guess, I mean, just take a little ibuprofen for that. But no, how about you take the word the same way you take that ibuprofen? How about you take the word the same way you, you eat meals? How about you take the word the same way you breathe oxygen? How about you do that? Because when you do that, what it does is changes the, 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 uh, the makeup of your heart, which would then change the words that you say. I just, I just want some of us to own the word the way we've owned disabilities and sickness. That's what I want. I mean, if you would just own the word, if you would just take it to be your truth, the way that you've taken truth. And, and here's the thing, for a lot of us, it's easier to own it because we don't have no righteous resolve. We don't, we don't have no righteous resolve. We, 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 we don't, and I'm talking about me. So I could talk about, there's some things that I just need. I just, I, I listened to the word from the, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I was just like, you know what? I ain't seen nothing because I ain't got no righteous resolve. I know what God has said. I see the plan of action and he done gave me wisdom. I know favor exists, but I ain't, I, I ain't got no righteous resolve. I ain't got no stick to itness to it. And because you don't have that, that's why your mouth is silent. God told you that this is a year of 501. This is a year of overflow. This is a year of abundance. And the only time you said is during confession time when you was on online. You don't even say it during the week. You don't. You don't say the confessions. You don't go to to the uh, thing that they gave the uh, the sheet that they gave us, where it says this is a year of release. This is the year twenty twenty one. It's a year of supernatural release, both as a church and as individuals. Y'all know that. Y'all do remember that, right? The year twenty twenty one is a year of household salvation. The year from 2021 onward, our youth is renewed as we walk in health and divine healing. We are satisfied with God's goodness. Those are things when it's in abundance in your heart that comes out of your mouth. So I don't care what the doctor said. This year, my youth is renewed and I walk in health and divine healing. I am satisfied by God's goodness. I don't really care what's going on in this world. Why? Because in this world, I know I have troubles, but he's overcome them all already. But it's hard to say you, anything and believe it. It's not in your heart. And let me let me connect those two for you. In Matthew 11 and 22, it shows us. It, it shows us what it, uh, the connection between the two. It says, Jesus replied, have faith in God. Number one, there will be four things it tells us to do. Number one, have faith. It says, have faith in God. I assure you most solemnly to say, whoever says to this mountain. So number one, we got to have faith. Number two, we got we to gotta speak the word. Be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt of his heart, but believes that he says is going to take place. It will be done for him. For this reason, I'm telling you, whatever things you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received them and they will be given to you. So when I read this scripture, if you read this, it is possible to be saying scripture. It is possible to be speaking the word of God. It is possible to be saying confessions and not seeing anything show up in your life because you did not do number three and number four, which is the believe and receive. I think I got that in there. Say it. 
on the banners. Let me see. Oh, Maybe I didn't copy and paste it. Uh, so the, that scripture told us to do four things. I'll put it in the notes. Oh, there it is. Have faith in God, speak his word, believe his word, and receive his word. So you may be like, well, I, Pastor Raph, I promise, I'm saying my confessions every day. I'm doing a, I'm getting up and I'm I'm saying that I'm doing it. I'm the blessed and highly favored of the Lord. And I'm doing all this, Pastor Raph. But do you believe what you're doing? Are, are you doubting in your heart? Because here's the thing. I can, I can say all day that I'm wealthy, but then every time something comes my way, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do that. Now, which one is it? A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, right? Which one is it? Are you wealthy or are you prosperous? Are you intelligent or are you dumb, right? Are, 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 you, are, are you whole or are you incomplete? Because at your mouth, you says, you said, I'm, I'm, I'm holding my mind. I declared a depression and, 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 and uh, anxiety. They have no place in my mind. I declared that I'm at peace in all that I do. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I declare that I'm whole. I declare there's nothing missing and nothing broken in my mind. I will not be attacked by the generational curses that have come against my family. I will be the generation breaker. And then as soon as you get to work and one of your co-workers do something you don't like, oh Lord, what I'm going to do? Uh, they talking about laying folks off. Oh Lord, what I'm going to do? They done made me mad. Oh Lord, what I'm going to do? Uh, I can't stand this. Let me go do. Why? Which one are you? Right? Because you saying one thing, right? Because the Bible says speak the word, but speaking the word by his by itself isn't the, going to be the thing that prospers you. It says have faith. It says speak his word. Then the key part, it says, do not doubt in his heart, but believe what he says is going to take place. That's why we have to get the word in our heart in abundance until it overflows so that what comes out of us, even in adverse situations, is only what God has said. And that's when I know I've truly transitioned from intellectual, I've truly transitioned from intel, intelligence and from fleshly talking to believing the word of God is because at any moment in my time, in my day, the only response that I get that comes out of my mouth is what God has said concerning that issue. And I see it in my, and you can see it in your own life. I can see it in my life. There are areas in my life that I do not tolerate any foolishness when it comes down to the word of God. I just don't. If the devil talks about you're going to die or something's going to happen to your kids, absolutely nothing. But you know, sometimes when, when uh, I, I'll be honest with you, I went to do something the other day and uh, it cost money. I went to look at a ticket. And when I went to look at that ticket and I saw that that ticket was $1,300, it changed how I viewed that ticket. I didn't open my and I'm just going to tell you my truth. I didn't open up my mouth and say, thank you, Lord, that I have more than enough to pay for this ticket. And it's something I desire to do. And God says, yes. So he he will ensure that I have. I don't know. I'm like, oh, Lord, that's a lot of money. That that was my response. I'm just I'm just telling you the truth because I'm growing and becoming myself. But what I did, even I, now that I laughed about it, I talked and the Lord talked to me about it. It's just like, Ralph, even if you didn't want it, your response with your words were wrong even if you didn't want it because i always got enough for my kids 
you're never lacking. And even if it's not something you can do today financially, don't you close the door by saying, oh, I can't afford that. Because when you begin to let those words come out, because when you let those words come out of your mouth, what happens is you begin to close the door on the opportunity that God is going to present for you to be able to afford it. So if I say, oh, I can't afford that, then what it does is blinds me to the opportunity that God could present to me to make the money to actually afford it. Because what we think, what we want to do is God to deliver a bag of money by a stark and $5 million and land on our porch, but that's not how prosperity comes. The Bible tells us that we need to sow and we need to work with our hands. God will give you witty inventions and things to do and businesses to start and ideas to be able to grow in wealth. But if you say, I can't afford that, what it does for you is close off your ability to view the opportunities that God provides for you to grow up in your money. And so, so we don't ever say we can't afford it. We like, okay, ticket, I'm coming back for you. Okay, ticket, uh, maybe not today, but I got you. This belongs to me as a child of God. I own you. Not only will I buy one ticket, but I buy other people's ticket. I declare I'll be suing these tickets. And you go, and, and today it may not be the thing that you fully believe, but you keep putting the word of God on it. You keep filling your heart up with it. And be, sooner or later, it will be coming out of your mouth in abundance. And then you'll not only believe it, but you'll receive the thing. Why? Because you did not doubt in your heart. So my words limit my possibilities. You're exactly right, Robin. Your, your words begin to close doors on things that God meant for you to be able to experience. So we have to understand that we're always coming against our own reason, our intellect, and that's that's a struggle against the things of God, right? Uh, doubt challenges, challenges your faith. Faith, doubt silences you. So when you begin to... Uh, Right. You don't got to fake it. It ain't faking it. It's saying what God has said about yourself. I'm not faking it when I say I'm the healed of the Lord. I I, I know what the doctors have said about me uh, being diabetic. I know what I know what my A1C says. I know what my blood sugar says. I check it several times a day. I know what that says, but I know what the word of God says. I Those things may be uh, facts in the earth, but what the truth says, the truth says I'm healed. But here's the thing about this. Part of saying I'm healed is also going back to what we talked about in the steps from Sunday. You must obey the word. Well, part of my obedience is I don't get to eat cakes and cookies all the time. I don't get to eat as much fruit as I used to eat. I don't get to consume as many carbs as I used to consume. Why? Because that doesn't line up with my deliverance. So, so part of believing, if you go back to those four things, uh, is that you got to have faith. Having faith means that God will give you a plan of action to accomplish the thing that he told you you can have. And part of that plan of action often comes in you surrendering something to overcome something. For example, a lot of times with health, let's talk about bodies and health. A lot of times, you not your, your healing don't manifest because you don't do what God has said. He asked you to walk 
and, and you out here trying to do sit-ups. Three, three, three sit-ups a day don't account for the 30 minutes that God told you to walk a day, but you want healing. And then you got the nerves to blame God and the pastor in the church for you not manifesting healing. You didn't obey God. You got to obey God in everything, not some things. You got to obey God in the 100, not the 99. You got to obey God in all of it. And so you could be out here saying stuff, but the fact that you don't believe God is, a, is indicated by your disobedience. Your disobedience is an indication that you do not believe God. I don't care what you send out your mouth. Your disobedience is indication that you don't believe God. Because if you believe God to be who he said he was, if you believe God to do what he said he was going to do, then you will fully comply to all the directives that he asked you to do. But the fact that you don't do what God asks you to do is indication that you lack faith. And without faith, it's impossible to receive the promises of God and it's impossible to please God. And what pleases God more than seeing that his kids prosper? And so it's not that it's God's fault. It's your disobedience. Your disobedience keeps you broke. Your disobedience keeps you lonely. Your disobedience keeps you depressed. Because uh, uh, listen, if you ain't healed, it ain't God's fault. It, it, I'm not manifesting everything that's supposed to be manifested. It ain't God's fault. Now, we don't like to hear that as humans, but I'm going to talk to you the way I talk to myself. It ain't God's fault. I like that said. We don't take God seriously, right? It ain't God's fault. Who's that, Master P? You sing that song? It ain't my fault. God in heaven talk. It ain't my fault. I sent Jesus to die on the cross to become poverty so that you may experience riches, but you chose not riches. It ain't my fault. It, it ain't his fault. I sent Jesus to be the redemption of sin so that you would not have to receive the consequences of sin. And by his stripes, you can inherit healing in every area of your life. So if we don't get healing. It ain't his fault. If somebody wrong, it ain't Jesus. Right. If somebody wrong, it ain't Jesus. But we 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 want to just wake up and say what God said and don't believe what God is don't believe and that's why I love that scripture because it tells us the four things I gotta have faith faith is indicated by action right that action is obedient to what God has said we gotta speak His word and then when I'm speaking His word I gotta believe it and then I have to receive it right. That's what Mark 11 and 22, because look, you can't, you can't cheat God. You can't outsmart God. You can't manipulate the father. He knows what's in your heart and you know what's in your heart. So it says being a tripartite, being a tripartite being, our reason, our intellect will struggle against the things of God. Doubt, and we're talking about doubt will silence you. Why? Because when you begin to doubt God, you disobey God. Your disobedience is an indication that you don't trust God. And yeah, your diso you also dis you disobey God because you, you, you want to do what your flesh want to do. But it's an indication that you don't trust God. Because if you trusted God, 
You didn't care the cravings of your flesh. You don't care. You wouldn't care how much you wanted to coke. You wouldn't care how much you wanted to have sex. You wouldn't care about how, how much you wanted to do the drugs. Because if you believe God, you would obey God more than anything else. But the fact that you don't obey God is indication that you disobedient and you don't trust him. You don't take God seriously. And, and, and I and, and I can tell you that because I've done that. All right. I've done that. So as we wrap, we're going to wrap up. We have 53 minutes. So as we wrap up, let's go to Judge 16 and 33. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world, you will have tribulation and distress and suffering. But be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, but be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished. My victory abiding. It is so easy when I begin to focus on the word of God to begin. And that word becomes so true. I remember we were believing God for this house and we we're believing God. Me and April got to sing in our, in our house um, that anytime we have children, God always is going to increase us to take care of his kids because I believe they were God's kids before they ever were my kids. And so, so, uh, cause I remember we had our first kid and I was trying to, I was working all these jobs and I was doing some things to pay off some debt and stuff. And the Lord said, why don't you just ask me to take care of your kid? And I was like, okay, God, I asked you. I said, Lord, I thank you that you will increase us so that we'll have everything that we need to take care of this kid. And so Aiden was born and we got these raises and different things happen and we got all the money to take care of every diaper, everything, the daycare, all of it. We increased like a thousand, twelve hundred dollars a month. Everything you kind of need to take care of the kid at that age. And I'm like, well, thank you, Lord. And we kept eating. Then we had Ava and, and, and we would have Ava. I said, hey, Lord, Lord, because here's the thing about a word when God gives you a word, that's your word. Until he says it's not. So I said, hey, Lord, Lord, hey, you you did it once. You want to do it again? And when we had Ava, right, I, I was like, I don't care what the world, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what our money looks like. The Lord said that anytime we had a kid, that we can ask God for, we can ask him and he'll give us the money. He will increase us to take care of everything that this kid needs. And when Ava came, so did raises in our lives. And then we had this third kid, Major showed up. We had the adopter kid. And I'm like, Lord, I know he ain't he ain't biological, but your word is your word. He's our kid. And before you know it, all the money came in to take care of Major. So even in the middle of seeing something that was contrary to saying like, oh God, how are we going to do this? How is this going to happen? The Lord had given me a word. And based off that word, I was able to believe. And I said back to God what he had said to me. I didn't doubt in my heart that he would do it because I had saw that he had did it before. And I, and I received by faith and it showed up so many times. You don't have a role model, right? Pastor Evan tells us that we need a role model. When we're in faith, we, we need a role model. We need a mentor, right? We need, we need, and you can go to the Bible and look, and it don't got to be nobody you can touch. You could be somebody you can read about. I remember when God, God looked down on the earth. 
I remember when he said it was formless, it was dark, it was void, it was empty. I remember when he saw that. And then I remember in the second verse, he says, and God said, let there be what? Light. And so, God, I thank you that in the middle of darkness, in the middle of being bored, in the middle of being without form and being empty, God had the ability to speak a word and in that word contained everything he needed to change his environment. And we'll talk about it later. Why? Because words were intended to give you the ability to create. And that's that's what the word, the words, I mean, think about it. God created all these things, but the only thing he gave the ability to talk was us. Why? Because in Genesis 1 and 26, it says that God, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And so what he did was give us the same ability that he had that he performed and exemplified for us in Genesis 1. He says, let there be sun, let there be water, let there be heavens. And God said all those things and they become. And he said, let me give man, the king of this earth, the same ability that I have, the use of words to create even when they don't see nothing. And if they would just have faith, if they would say what I said, if they would believe that I'll do it and receive the finished work, then they can see everything like I saw. It, it doesn't matter what you observe with your natural eyes. What matters is what the word has said. And the word says that you're prosperous. The word says that you're healed. The word says that, word says that peace belongs to you. The word says that you will not die a premature death. The word says that your marriage is whole and your kids are obedient. The word says that you have more money than you have months. Then you'll be able to give the every good work and charitable donation. You got to spend enough time with the word so that it flows out of you in abundance. That's what the word says. And that has to be the thing that anchors your soul. And so next week, we'll come back and we'll start talking about how the, the, the power of the word and how words are meant to create. Words have power. And how a lot of times what we want to focus on is changing what we say. But honestly, the focus doesn't need to be on changing what you say. The focus needs to be on guarding your heart. Because if you guard your heart and fill your heart with the right things, your mouth doesn't do anything but respond to what your heart has already done. Your mouth speaks what the heart's full of. And so, so I, I don't got to worry about changing my talking. I don't got to worry about changing my speech. If you change your heart, your tongue has to change. If you change your, change your heart, your speech has to change. And so that's what we'll start talking about when I'm talking about the heart-mouth connection, right? Your heart is directly connected to the words, and your words reflect that. And so that's what we'll start talking about uh, next week. All right. And so I just wanted to kind of introduce things tonight so that we'll have a good founding foundation for why are we talking about this? Why are we talking about this? Because at the end of the day, homie, you can say whatever you want to say. But if you ain't believing God and you ain't doing what he's saying to do, then your words falling on bad ground. Right. You got I mean, a lot of us, the word of God is like like the man who uh, like a stony heart. Right. The word came. It, it was planted, but the moment adversity come, that word didn't have any root in your life, so you 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 abandoned the word. Why? Because what had root in your life, the what was the most dominant thing in your life was circumstances. You you believe the economy more than you believe God, so you said what the economy said, and guess what you saw? What the economy did to you. That's just facts. 
That, that's just, I mean, we expect God being a loving God to come down and rescue us. God does not respond to your need. If God responded to need, we'll all have everything fully uh, taken care of. God responds to faith. And the fact that we don't see things is because we are not speaking what God has said in faith. It is not what we believe in our heart. It is what our mind has mentally assented to say because it's what people have told us to say, but it's not what you believe. And it's not because it's not what you believe. It is not what you see. You see what you say and believe in your heart. That's what you see. And so, 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 so here's the thing. If you don't like what you're saying, you could use your work, your words to renegotiate your life by spending time guarding your heart and filling your heart with the word of God. All right. So we'll come back next week. We're right at hour. So uh, let's go to the announcements. Let me get to my banner folder. All right. So you guys know, all right, today is Wednesday. So on Fridays, all right, join us for Champion Circle at 6.30 a.m. All right. Uh, I think we had, I forget how many we had. We had quite a few people on there this past week. But the numbers dropped a little bit. I encourage you guys, do not uh, allow yourself just to make excuses not to be there. If you're alive and breathing and you're not at work and your job and you're not doing something that requires you to be occupied, just tune in. You can just turn it on. You don't always got to send likes and hearts, but listen to the prayer live if you have uh, the opportunity to listen live. All right. And on Sunday mornings, join Pastor Chris by going to her page, uh, uh, Kristen Valley Worship at 9 a.m. Uh, and she, her and Elder Valley leads, up, leads us in worship every Sunday. It is great. Uh, but I also tell you this, don't let that be the only time you worship God through the week. Don't let that be the only time you praise God through the week. Uh, I mean, just wake up and thank God all the time. I mean, be grateful. I mean, that's the thing that God told me this year. He says, Ralph, be grateful, but remain hungry. Hungry for what? Hungry for his promises. Be grateful for where I'm at, but remain hungry to see everything that I've told you you can have. So make sure that you worship God throughout the week. Praise God. Some of y'all will overcome your anxiety and depression if you praise God, because you can't be thinking about his goodness and be depressed at the same time. It's not even possible. It's not even possible. Not, I mean, like if I told you to start counting to 10 right now, if I said, and then I told you to say your name, what? You can't keep counting to 10 and say your name at the same time. So the next time you get depressed, the next time you feel anxious, the next time you feel whatever overcoming you, open your mouth and begin to praise God and you can stop a bunch of that mess from ever occurring. Your silence doesn't eliminate depression. Your silence doesn't eliminate anxiety. Your silence doesn't eliminate thoughts of suicide, what will eliminate that is opening your mouth and seeing what God has said and praising God. And so you worship God through the house. Why? Because worship brings freedom. Follow that up, Pastor Chris, up Sunday morning at 930 for, uh, with Pastors Edwin and Pastor Sean as they continue talking about the seven practical ways to experience breakthrough. Uh, if you missed part one, go listen to that on one of our podcasts. It's scrolling on the bottom, iTunes, Google, or Spotify. Uh, we're also on Venmo, YouTube. Uh, you can check us out all those places as well. All right. On Monday, join Pastor Sean for Mindset Monday. I mean, Strategies for Success uh, at 12 noon. She broadcasts that both from her professional and her personal page. And then Tuesday uh, night, we have prayer at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, one of our uh, prayer people will take care of that and praise God for them. 
And then Wednesdays, you know, we're back here at 7 o'clock uh, for Ignite. And if your teams are not involved tonight, Ignite, please make sure they get involved. Also, at FOC, we got 100% tithers. 100% tithers. That's why at FOC, we're able to give to every good work and charitable donation. There's nothing that God wants us to sow into that we can't because we have 100% of our people giving of their tithe and giving of their offering. And so we thank you for that. And the uh, ways to give are on your screen. Push pay, give the five tithely, text to give, and FOC Church NWA. You can give that way via PayPal. All right. Uh, what I'll challenge you to do is to go check out how much have you given. I mean, have you met your giving goals this year? If you set a goal, if you didn't set a goal, uh, go see what you've given. You might say, "Oh man," I mean, you like me, like, "Ooh, I'm real close to five thousand." Oh, "Ooh, I'm close to fifteen thousand." I mean, man, I can't go out the year with with nineteen thousand seven hundred dollars. Let me go ahead and break this twenty thousand uh, dollar barrier. So go find out what you met. I mean, because uh, Pastor, uh, she uh, she beat me last year, um, and so uh, so I'm coming for. Uh, so we, I mean, because why? It's a healthy competition. I mean, what great thing to to try to compete, you know, uh, on being the biggest giver, right? And I got some things I got to get right in my life. So uh, as a, as they say, because why? Our obedience always brings us prosperity, and, and I want to be able to be the biggest giver at FOC. So uh, I got I got some work to do. Uh, so make sure that you're you're giving that, and uh, if you are not saved or I don't have a church home. What I challenge you to do is come home. All right, come home. I mean, there's no better place to be than with God. And so if you've never accepted Jesus, your Lord and your personal Savior, I invite you to do so now by simply saying this prayer. Father God, I thank you that you are Lord. I thank you that you sent your son to die for me. I receive you into my life tonight as my Lord, as my Savior. And I thank you that you fill me with the, your Holy Spirit and that I am taught how to live the life that you desire. I receive you. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And you're saved. Now, what I would challenge you to do that now that you're saved is run on over to focchurch.com and hit that partnership link. Why? Because you need a place where you can go worship, where they're going to teach you the word of God so that you can grow up in life. And so uh, if that's you and you come home, if you were backslidden and you feel like saying that prayer again, you know, I can't tell you how many times I said the prayer of salvation. I want to make sure <laughs> I'm going. And I know the first time I said it, I believed in my heart. I'm going. But, you know, hey, you can say as many times you want. When we come back to church, you can come to the altar as many times as you want. All right. You come until you got the deliverance that you've been looking for. But go over there, FLCchurch.com. Become a partner. Why? Because we are committed to getting 500 partners and you're going to help us reach that goal. And if God's called you to be a partner, come on over here with us so that you can join our ministry. Why? Because we love to pray for you and partner with you as we impact the world for Christ. All right. And so I think that is all of our announcements. I don't see any more uh, announcements. So make sure uh, you go over yourself according to those announcements. We will see you guys again on Friday morning at 6.30 a.m. All right. I love you guys. I appreciate you so much for hanging out with me. Have a great night.